For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Good evening and it is done. It is done. We are across the line, boys. you got happy faces on this Coys.com podcast tonight. This will be our last match review. We couldn't be happier. We're having a party. What a weekend it was to be a Spurs fan and what a weekend not to be an Arsenal fan. But before we get into it all, let's do our social media bit. So obviously, as you can see on screen, all the guys have got their Twitter handles on there. Get over, subscribe, you know, follow. They do some brilliant stuff, knock out some great content, always on lots of pods. Follow them. Obviously, as always, like and subscribe and follow us on Coys.com. We're always knocking out some great stuff, and we will do over the summer some transfer stuff. We've got a few other little projects lined up as well. So make sure you subscribe and give us a like. And that's not hang around anymore. That's get into having a party. Now, we did a show a little while ago where we went, and this one must be now at least a couple of months ago, I reckon, where we were predicting all the results... Go on, Patrick. Monday, yeah, Monday, Monday, the 23rd. Monday, Monday, the 21st of March, 22. So essentially two months away. Two months ago. And a lot of football yeah. to be played between then and when the season was finishing. Now, we watch a lot of pods. A lot of Spurs fans were dubious, not sure, slightly negative. But one thing this bunch on this pod can't be accused of was having any doubt and not believing. Because not one of us said we would not get top four at the end of the season when all them fixtures played out. We all put our necks on the line. We were all confident. We believed the process. And we can all sit here today very happy men. Now, I'm going to come to you first, Jacob, because I know I think you were the most nervous of us going into <laughs> this last game of the season. Yeah. So what, how did it feel watching that? Surely the nerves were settled nice and early on and you could just sit back, relax and enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Was it as bad as you thought it was going to be, mate, or as tense or as horrible as you thought it was going to be? No, no. I think when, 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 I, when it comes to Tottenham, I think I'm always nervous until the ball's kicked. As soon as the ball's kicked, my nerves just go out the window because you're like, right, the game's here. But, you know, as soon as we started the game, I thought we're going to win this one because we started a lot faster than we normally do and you know Norwich when I looked at their lineup and looked at the bench I thought you know I looked at their bench and I was just like I know they're you know they're, they're, not, they're not the blessed in terms of personnel but I looked at their bench I was like I don't even know anybody on there I think the only person I recognised was Zimmerman and that was from seasons gone by so you know once we took the lead I was a lot more comfortable as soon as it went 2-0 I started getting my phone out and texting all my Arsenal friends you know like <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was just giving it the old... Uh, I was making up loads of names. I was like, how's Emil, you know, Emil Fifth Row, I was calling people. Um, but five Osaka, like, I was just giving it loads, man. Just don't care because they've been giving it for a long time. And I kept saying to them, you know, personally, I thought when, when Conte came in, I thought we probably won't get top four. But the way they were going on, I thought it'd probably be, a you know, a United would get their act together and maybe pick them all West Ham. But for us to do it... Conte's done a fantastic job, especially like I keep saying, you look at that back five we had yesterday against Norwich. I know it's good enough to beat Norwich, but we all would have agreed at the beginning of the season, all five of them have got to leave. But now, now the questions are being asked, which ones do we leave? And not many people are saying too many, to be fair. So job well done and uh, have that Arsenal. Yeah, Patrick, 
how happy was you watching that game? And, you know, I know Patrick is always confident. He's always got, you know, the belief that this is going to happen. Patrick, was it as, was it, did you expect it to be as comfortable as that? Or was you surprised with how well we went into that game and coped with everything that there was? No, I mean, in terms of building up and going into this run of fixtures, um, as you guys know, I'm a confident um, Tottenham fan, but I am within reason. I'm not just like, say, like, you know, Ty from AFTV, who's just deluded and just says <laughs> stuff because he wants to believe it. I, I say it, but I know I've got the meaning and context and facts to back it up. So when I'm telling them, like, I think our, our fan base as well, and it really irks me, and I don't want to be negative towards our fan base because obviously I am a Tottenham diehard fan and I love our fan base, but sometimes they really disappoint me because they're so negative. And some of the stuff they come out with, it really makes me like, do you actually believe in the team? Like, are you really a fan or are you one of these people that are so quick to, like, we're playing well, we've been on a really good run, and you're worried that we're going to drop points to Norwich? Like, with all due respect, come <laughs> on, man. And it's not like we're scraping goal wins and we're won winning by one or two. We're comfortably dispatching teams and good teams at that and keeping clean sheets. And then you're worried that we're going to drop points on the final game of the season to a team that, with all due respect, have been relegated like two months ago, never scored goals don't have any quality in that team. And I'm not trying to disrespect Norwich because you respect the opposition and you always, you know, go out and no game is won until it's won. But Jesus Christ, it's Norwich. And they're a team that as well. They're not a low blocker like a Burnley that would know that they're negative and will try and hit you. Norwich like to play football, so credit to them. But that's the reason why they shipped 60 or 50 or goals in the last 20 games. There was no way we were losing that game. And I said it on here, I think I went 4-0. And then Ryan, obviously, bantering, said five. And he got it right because it was 5 nil in the end. I always knew it was going to be a comfortable game. So did Ryan. I know Jacob was a bit uh, finicky, but even he said we would win quite comfortably. I think mm -hmm. he said two or three, didn't you? It, it was never yeah, yeah, going to yeah. go any other way. I'm just so happy that the guy, I mean, we're going to touch on it, I know. I'm so happy the guys who got on the score sheet got on the score sheet. And we are a good team. And I think the fans need to believe it. We're only going to get better because I believe Conte will get backed. But the way that we're scoring goals, the way the system is now starting to take shape, the way players are understanding their roles and playing for each other. You saw how Kuliczewski had an open goal and he wanted to roll it into Son because we were still playing for each other and making sure Sonny gets, obviously, his just rewards. In the end, thankfully, that came through. But I never had any doubt. And I saw... It was, it was even pissing me off. On Sunday, I even said I'm logging off at 10am because it was actually annoying me that so many Spurs fans were so worried. And I'm like, it's Norwich. It's not like we are playing Aston Villa, Leicester, even a Brentford that you know on their day could get... It's Norwich. It's the best last game of the season you could ever ask for. A team that's already relegated, likes to play football, and they ship goals for fun. And we are free-flowing and we're scoring a lot of goals. In my mind, it was never in any doubt. I had a few people say, oh, but it's football, you never know. But I, like, with all due respect, Son, Kane, Conte, there was never going to be anything other than that. Yeah, Ryan, like, you know, you, you did say five, you know, last week, you know, on the preview to that game. And obviously, you know, it was five. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, we was all confident, but obviously I yeah, didn't see the five goals coming. But Patrick is right, isn't he? You know, going into that last game, Norwich are where they are because they are a poor poor side defensively and when you've got the front three we've got and the manager we've got 
we should have gone into that game a lot more confident. You know, a lot more of the fan base should have been feeling a lot more confident about that game. We know there is that element that if you're a long-term Tottenham supporter, you do have those, you know, you can have those nagging doubts. But as Patrick said, if we were playing, like I say, a Leicester, a Brighton, then you could understand maybe a few nerves kicking in. But with Norwich, it was always going to be that case, wasn't it? That get an early goal and then potentially the floodgates open. Oh, yeah. I, I wasn't slightly worried about that game. Like I say I understand the likes of Jacob and others who were a bit nervous. They've seen Tottenham fall at the last hurdle on many mm. occasions before. So that's nerves. But and it's like Pat says, it's it's not as disrespecting Norwich by saying it's easy. It's as having confidence in our lads to go out there and get the three points. The way they're playing at the minute, they, uh, there, was, there was no stopping them that day. Not a single chance of anything. There was... I know it was a bit early to celebrate, but like Pat said a bit ago, it's relegated Norwich, bottom of the table for a reason. You're chasing fourth place. It's something. It's that's the scoreline you've got to go try and get. We had a guy chasing Golden Boot for the first time in his career. It's it's everything that you wanted it to be on that final day. And like I say, thankfully the lads pulled it out. The individual performances like I say we'll, I'm sure we'll get into later where some we had some brilliant individual performances on that day and now it's time for the board to show what they can do Conte's done his work since he's been in it's been unreal uh, like Simon Jordan on TalkSport said today if if he's back properly he's as good a manager as Pep and Klopp so if he's back properly and gets the players he wants and the squad he wants then he can go very far so that's probably the. I don't know if he was nominated for it, but that is probably the signing of the season in the Premier League. Antonio Conte, how we managed to mm. pull that out the app when we did. If we didn't, if we went a different route, then I think yesterday would have gone a lot different. I think we wouldn't have been chasing fourth. But listen, as I've said for the last three weeks now, Cole, that next season we want to be discussing Champions League football on this pod, and the boys delivered, thankfully. So. Well done, boys. Now we yes. can enjoy this. Now enjoy the summer. Enjoy, hopefully, enjoy the transfer window, and more to come next season. Yeah, well, let's talk Conte and Champions League and everything first before we get into some players, you know, performances from that weekend to sign the season off. I mean, we have to say, don't we, now that Jacob, you know, Conte came in. We knew we had one of the best managers in world football, didn't we? You know, you looking at saying, okay. You know, you've got Klopp and Pep, but then outside of that, you're looking at, you know, Tuchel. But then we are talking, we got one of the best five managers in world football with a track record, proven track record that this guy is a winner. He came in, he was the breath of fresh air that the club needed, wasn't it? You know, even the first few games we played under him, we looked much better. The football was looking, you know, decent. Yes, we've had our slip-ups on the way, but... My God, he has got to take some credit for the turnaround in the season, has he? And not only just as the team, but individuals who suddenly came through and shone for the rest of the season on. And that is, you've got to imagine, down to the belief that everyone around that club must have now around Conte and where he could take this club going forward. Yeah, it's, just, it's it's mad what he, what he's done because once once you know the games had finished and you knew you'd settled in and then they were doing reviews on Sky Sports about you know where Tottenham came from and all that stuff. You just think there's so much stuff. I kept saying to myself, it's mad what what he's done. But then when you keep saying it's mad, it's because he's such a good coach. You know, 
like I've alluded to before, you've got the back five. I didn't think a coach in world football would have that back five and get them keeping clean sheets. You know, Ryan Sessignon, out of all players, you know, he's been playing well. Emerson Royal, you know, keeps improving. Davinson Sanchez, you know, realistically, the last three games, no one's really spoke about him, but he's been the most composed I've ever seen him. Eric Dyer still baffles me how he's not in the England squad. And Ben Davis, I don't know what's happened to him, but it's just like when you keep saying you don't know what's happened to all these players, it's, it's because of the manager. You know, Hoiberg was all cussing him out come Christmas. Now he's a mainstay. And then obviously you've got the new signings and the attackers. So what he's done is next to miraculous. Because even when he came in, I, you know, all my Arsenal fat mates that I speak to, I was just like, yeah, you'll probably get it, but don't get too cocky because it'd be United that are pipia. You know, Ronaldo will go on a bit of form or Bruno Fernandes or someone like that. And when they brought Rangnick in, you kind of thought it'd be United with us just hoping to at least get Europa League. So for him to to do that, I'm not sure if he was nominated for manager of the of the year, but he should be up there for what he he's done. He you know what I mean? But he's, he's, you know what happens, you know, realistically, he should have been nominated. But, you know, if some weren't nominated for player of the year, does anything surprise you? Exactly. Yeah, I mean that that obviously is we'll we'll come on to that later because that that's a madness, isn't it, in itself when you consider what the guy's done this season. But Patrick, you know, that Conte effect, you know, yeah, Harry Kane, you could just see there was a lift instantly there, couldn't you? You know, as Jacob has said, you got players like Ben Davies, who everyone wanted out at one point and just like, oh, you know, I don't want to see Ben Davies play another game in a Spurs shirt. But when the end of the season comes now, we're all sitting here saying, well, I'll tell you what, you keep the guy around for next season because he could be a useful squad addition. Eric Dyer, again, a lot of people very, you know, on the fence with Dyer, some liking him, some not. But you now sit there and say Conte's got him playing in a way where you're thinking, well, we only need one centre-back in the summer to come in and start and fit in alongside him. You know, Davinson Sanchez coming in, doing a job. Ryan Sessignon coming on and looking like he could have a future at the club now. Conte has just had this effect, hasn't he, across the whole club that you go, this is a man now that even a blind man could see you back this guy, don't you, this summer? Oh, mate, I'm 100%. Everything you said spot on. And let me add some context to this. When Conte came in, Harry Kane was on one goal and one assist. And there was a lot of questions, a lot of people doubting if he wanted to be here. Has he, is he finished? Will we see the same Harry Kane again? Yada, yada, yada. Harry Kane finished on 17 goals and I think eight or nine assists. So to do that, after pretty much taking off three months, he was on one goal and one assist when Conte came in, which was three months into the season. Mental, 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 mental. Harry Kane brought in... All you're hearing from the players say is that they can't believe how driven the guy is. He's won everything, but he's still articulate to a T. Made sure that, they, you know, they've all dropped body fat. They're all working. Uh, I mean, we went from being the lowest running team in the league to being one of the hardest working. Um, you can see it, man. Like you said, even a blind man can, can see what's going on. And it is credit to Conte. Of course, the players have got to go out and follow those instructions. And you've got to be talented enough to... To, to you know to to implement that which they've done fantastically but it's the manager 100 because other than Kulicheski and Bentancur it's essentially the same team uh and yeah Romero came coming back when he did was brilliant that helped of course but no Conte is a god he has to be backed as much as it's a weird one because I love Conte and I re I have more of a an affiliation probably to Poch because of how he grew with the team and Poch bringing through the young players and it kind of all happened at the same time. But Conte 100% is the man for now. 
the best manager we've ever had and maybe will ever have. He needs to be back properly. And I believe he will deliver. I believe Conte right now is the third best manager behind Klopp and Pep. I have to say that just because of what they've done in the last couple of years. But if he's backed and given the players he wants, I don't see why he can't go toe-to-toe with them um, across the league and maybe one of the Cups next year. Um, you know, we all say, or they say, not we, but they say that his record isn't that good in Europe. But let him prove us wrong because we know how good he can be in a league system. I mean, look what he's done with this team. Um He's a brilliant manager, man. And yeah, the fact that we we qualified, and in, in my mind, we qualified quite easily in the end. Like going into that last game, I never had any doubt that we wouldn't get Champions League football. So I think we did it, you know, um, quite comfortably in the end. Uh, winning 5 0, uh, and even though Arsenal won 5 1, it meant nothing. Like they were celebrating some of their goals. And I just <laughs> they knew, they, there's no way they didn't know what the score was. And the way they're celebrating, like, really? You're celebrating like that when you know it doesn't matter? It's, it was funny. But, yeah, the, the man in which we qualified just shows you how good Conte is. I love the fact that he sat down and said to the to the pressers, to the media, what we've done is fantastic. We're really happy. Give me four or five days to assess. And then I'm going to have a conversation with Levy. And then we go again. He's not said yes. He's not said no. It's obviously leaning towards a yes, but he wants assurances that he will be backed. And I love that. That's what we need. Yeah, Ryan, we had one blip in, blip in the road with Conte, didn't we, at one point? And that came here after that Burnley game when, you know, everyone was worried that he'd gone into the dressing room and resigned there and then on the spot, you know, given the sort of performance we had that night. But like I say, the guy just shows his class, doesn't he? You know, he shows that he's that top manager. He also showed the ball, and you'd like to think that given he only really got two players in January... And yes, they were two great players, which we'll come on to in a minute. But it just goes to show, doesn't it? If you give a manager of, say, Conte's ability, the right players in the right areas, that guy can take you much further than you could if you give him, you know, shitty tools, you know, the young potential players. Give him some players now that can do the job. And that, he has shown the board already, isn't he? That, listen, you give me the right players and I'll take you places where you've never been before. Oh, massive. I mean, what he's done with the squad he's got at the minute is remarkable on its own. Like Jacob and Pat have said, the defenders we've got, I mean, Emerson must be an avid listener of Coys.com because every time Pat decides he's not backing him now, he decides to turn up the week after and play out his skin. Matt Doherty, before his injury, he looked like a good fullback for us. And over, like you say, it's... It's not only if you back him now, then you've got a chance of a contract extension. You've got a chance of Conte staying longer than he's already planning for. I mean, if you back him this summer, I think we've got the option of the year extension anyway. Keep backing him, keep him happy, give him the plays he wants. Then you could get another two years. I mean, Pep Guardiola is an example. He never stays in the place three or, longer than three or four years. I think he's going into his seventh year at Man City now. And that's because he gets what he wants. I know they're winning trophies and whatnot, but Conte's just as good as Pep. If you give him the tools that we need, if you give him them wing-backs he wants, the centre-back he wants, a backup striker to Kane, he, there's, I would have no doubt of us winning something next season if he's backed correctly. And like you say, it's, it's, it's a nice change for us to actually see a manager expect this from his board and he, he's not quiet in his press conferences he don't shy away from it he will tell you how he feels he'll tell you what he wants and if it's not met 
you've seen before. He did it. He just won the league at Inter Milan. He didn't get what he wanted, so he upped and left him. He's not scared to walk away from a contract. He's not scared to miss out on money. He's very. He's, he's that passionate about his job that you you'd expect and hope that that passion and excitement would actually rub off on the board and think, oh look at this. He's he's got us fourth with. Like I say Sanchez, Dyer and Davis at the back. Imagine if we got that uh, Bastoni to go at the back with Romero and a couple of wing backs that he could work with. It's the sky would be the absolute limit for him. And not only that, but as star assets, Kane and Son, they won't think twice about leaving. If he stays, if he's backed, Harry Kane said this a million times. If if the club's going in the right direction, he's got no problem with staying. He loves Tottenham. So we're fighting, we're fighting many wars and it's up to the board now to actually deliver for us. Because like I say, he's, he's top three manager in the Prem, top five in the world. You want to keep a manager like this because Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, whether we've won trophies or not, is a big club. It's global. It's a global club. Everyone knows Tottenham. We might not be everyone's favourites, of course, but that's that makes it even better for us. Everyone hates us and we love it, so why not? Why don't we get a manager that spices it up a bit more, spend some money, make the likes of Arsenal a bit envious, get players that they wish they could get if they actually uh, got top four, which, of course, they didn't because they're not good enough. North London is white, <laughs> of course, so come on, let's keep it that way. Yeah, so, Jacob... <laughs> Just we'll just touch on this now. Obviously, you know, it's too early to start talking. It really is too early to start talking about next season and we don't know who's coming in and who's not. But let's talk realistically. I saw a tweet today from an ex player saying that if if you if Tottenham go out and get Conte two world class wing backs, they'll challenge for the title next season. So where what do you what would you say next season should be our aims? What what should we be looking for next season? Because if we you know if we're being honest, the top two are the top two, and they probably are still still out of reach of most clubs in the league right now. You know, you're talking a few transfer windows possibly before you catch those two, given they've already strengthened for next season already. So, what is your realistic aim for next season? League-wise, what do you think we should and need to be achieving next season? Um, I, I think for me, I, I don't want to be too greedy, and I know Tottenham don't win stuff, but it's like we're at that stage now where if Conte's backed, you know, I'm hearing that he wants all the players that he wants in before July, so they can take them on pre-season and stuff. If that all happens and we tick all the right boxes, I don't think Conte's going to be in there talking to everyone saying, "Come on, then let's get Champions League for next year." He's going to be wanting to challenge for the title. Now, obviously, we know that Man City and Liverpool uh, are golf ahead, you know, with Haaland coming in, Liverpool, if they wrap up Salah, they're going to be a problem. But we should aim to have a, a, a season where we get to sort of January, February, and people are talking about Man City and Liverpool, but then they're like, well, what about Tottenham? They're only four points off. Do you know what I mean? Just keep on their tails as much as possible. If we fall off, then we haven't got to worry about getting Champions League football, because you look at what Chelsea did. Chelsea for considerable amount of time, you know, this season, I thought they were going to win the league, to be fair, once they signed Lukaku. So I thought they were going to do it. But, you know, they, they just fell short. But then by them falling short, even though they've had an abysmal about of form, we all knew that Chelsea were going to stay in there because of the points that they accumulated in the first place. So, yeah, I wouldn't say I want to 
try and compete with Man City and Liverpool in order for us to fail. But if you're not going to keep up with them, maybe because Man City and Liverpool are too strong, then you haven't got to worry about looking over your shoulder with your Arsenal's, your Man United's and West Ham's if you're constantly up there until March and you just fall short. So for me, if you've got, you've got arguably the best attackers in the league in terms of goal scoring and assisting, if we go and get a creative midfielder, you, you know, I don't, I don't think you can be a Tottenham fan and think we need to keep qualifying for top four. If you've got Kane and Son in this form, we've got to mount a challenge now. Yeah, and Patrick, what about yourself? You know, is is it just that case now of next season we just try to sort of like secure, you know, make sure we still stay in those Champions League places? Or like Jacob, because, you know, I believe that's the case now, the progression now must be pushing to try and make sure we finish third and well third, or potentially, as Jacob said, at least at some point only be four to five points away from those top two and making sure that it is a case of, well, this is a Spurs team that's nicely progressing, got top four, built on it, and now they're pushing even further. Yeah, I think Jacob here is spot on, nail on the head what Jacob said, and it's pretty much what I would say. I mean, we only finished three points behind Chelsea. Uh, so to be fair, we, you know, I know it's quite tight between us and Arsenal, but it just goes to show Chelsea had a woeful last 10 games. But like Jacob said, because they, they had already accumulated a lot of their points, they didn't really ever feel like they was going to slip out of the top four. And they stumbled across the line in the end, but they got there. So what you want to do next year is you want to make sure you're officially cemented in that top four um, bracket. So people are talking about maybe who else battles for fourth and we're like comfortably third at least. So yeah, be four or five points behind your cities and your Liverpools. If you can try and push them, fantastic. I genuinely believe we could be the third best team next season. I don't know what will happen with Chelsea because they're losing a lot of players. I think um, you say that's the that's the kind of thing that no one knows yet, yeah, do we? Because yeah, no one knows where this ownership takes exactly, them and it. what and state they're in. Yeah, so you that's it. And you need to progress. You don't just want to be thinking about finishing top four. Of course, that is that is what the minimum of a good team does, qualify for Champions League. So then you want to also try and add a domestic cup, go further in the league, uh, cup runs. We're in the Champions League. We want to see how well we can do against the best teams in Europe as well, see how we fare. At the end of the day, it is a knockout cup competition, so you need a bit of luck. If we have a good draw, there's no way, there's no reason why we can't get to a final again and see how we go. We've got two of the best attacking players in the world in Son and Kane. And I believe that is also, when people talk about Conte, those two players are top draw for any player. Players will want to play with those guys. I mean, we had the guy who won the Golden Boot uh, last year and we had the guy who won the Golden Boot this year. That's massive for any player. You're coming in with proven world-class quality, obviously a quality manager. So we need to push on. We need to be like we were before under Poch, where we knew already, even though the, the pundits and the journals were writing us off, we as a fan base knew we were going to make top four. That's the kind of feeling I want with us now. And then obviously, like you said, we need to pick up some silverware as well. I really, And I believe with Conte, you can do that. So, yeah, comfortable top four finish and ideally a trophy as well. Yeah, Ryan, I, I, you know, the, the top four finish has to happen next season. And as the guys say, you need to be making it more secure that you're pushing third, second and letting, you know, two other teams fight it out for that fourth, fourth spot. Where do you see us though going domestically? What what is it has to be a trophy next season, doesn't it? The reality is, yes, we've got this far, but now the progression must be top four and add a trophy to that. You know, yes, obviously the Champions League will be difficult, 
But the League Cup and FA Cup, they're two tournaments that we're more than capable of winning, aren't they? Oh, massively, yeah. Like I say, it does. It starts this summer. The board have to get it right to make sure we keep this manager to begin with. And then, like Jacob and Pats just said, you you can't sit still. That's what happened with Pochettino. That's why Pochettino lost his job. You've got to improve year on year because I think Man United have got a new manager. They'll want to spend money to keep him, get get him a good start. Newcastle have all the wealth in the world. They could buy themselves a brand new eleven if they wanted to. Well, that's the thing. They are going to be another challenge next season, aren't they? You know, although you still might think next season they'll probably be thinking Champions League. But you know they're coming as well, don't you? So you've got to try and get ahead of them as well, haven't you, at some yeah, point? Yeah, exactly. And like I say, the players that they could probably go for, the nine times out of ten, yes, a player will get more money at Newcastle than is now, but it would still want to come to Tottenham over Newcastle. So it is all about the recruitment again. Like you say, it, if, if we could somehow be in arm's length of Man City and Liverpool come January, February, then it all depends on the January window again. Like I say, you don't sit still in January. If you've got a chance, if we're still in all four cup competitions and you've got a great chance of winning one, then you have to improve again in January. I mean, Man City getting Haaland in, yeah, he's a phenomenal player, but he's still not the best striker in the league because he plays up front for Tottenham. So that, that still doesn't bother me at all in the slightest. Salah being there, like I say, it's... Liverpool are going for. I think Liverpool are going to have to spend money again because uh, some of their players. I think they'll have to change it up a bit. I think they this Premier League loss to Man City might rock them a bit. Same as if they somehow lost to Madrid in the Champions League final. I don't see Arsenal doing much. I think they're going to struggle massive next season. They cannot cope with mm-hmm. Thursdays, Sundays at all. They proved that when they finished eighth the last previous two seasons. The Thursday, Sundays don't work for them. So it's all, as long as we keep him happy, as long as we don't, the board don't somehow cock this up like they have in times gone and we lose him before the season even starts, then it'll be a completely different conversation. So recruitment's got to be perfect. We've got to get the right players in, right players out. And I'm, I like I say, if we've got him and we've done well in the summer, I, I would be confident of a domestic cup. At least I think he would. A good run in the Champions League would be very nice, like Pat said, getting the world's best teams to our new stadium, going to get the fans travelling again around Europe, and a good run in the Premier League that, like I say, we can solidify for hopefully more if we get the players. And I've always said, keep Conte up in the sky's the limit under this guy, as long as, as long as the guys upstairs do their job. Right. So, so let's let's talk about a couple of the the players that have kind of helped get us over the line. And, and it obviously, again, it goes back to that, that January transfer window and a player that came in that I have to say didn't know a lot about, did we? You know, when he came in, we was all a little bit unsure. But I'm telling you now that the contribution that this guy has had since coming in can't be underestimated and has to go down as one of the reasons why top four was actually achieved in the end. And that's Kulu. Kulishevsky. Jacob, what signing that guy has proved to be, isn't he? And, you know, we're going to tie him up and sign him this summer quite rightly, as you would do, because the fee's going to go up if you don't. And given what he's already shown us, you would have 
make hopefully like to think that deal had been done and they'd already confirmed all that before yesterday's game. But what a last day he put in as well, didn't he? And thoroughly deserved mm-hmm. for the contribution he's had since coming to the club. Yeah, you've got to wrap that one up, man. Like £28 million pounds for someone like that. It's, it's crazy because when you're actually watching him, you forget how old he is until the commentators say it. Like when you look at Kulusevsky, he looks older than me. Do you know what I mean? Like you look at you look at him, he's 21 walking around. I'm thinking, I won't, I won't start a fight with him. He looks Kench, man. Do you know what I mean? But he's he's what a player, man. Like uh, you know, most Tottenham fans, that no, there's no Tottenham fans out there that would have thought Kuzilevsky was gonna do this, you know. Um, it's one of those I've watched him a couple of times for Juventus, but it's only been cameos. I've watched Juventus a few times and he would come on for say Diabala and you know, he'd make a little impact, but I always used to have it in my head that you know he plays for Juventus, so if you're half decent, you know, squaring a ball to the world-class players that they've got, then they're always going to make you look good. But it's like the Premier League suits him. It's like, I don't think, you know, the way he plays now, I don't think he'd make sense for him to go back to Italy and try and do what he's doing there because it's a more progressive game. It's more tactical. Whereas when we play on the counter, he's he's literally perfect for it because you saw um, that at the time when he rounded the keeper, like he just brushed off two centre-halves, took it around the keeper and, you know, realistically should have gone for goal if it wasn't for... Sonny going for golden boots. So, yeah, he's been he's been brilliant. I just hope it doesn't get to the point where, you know, you do get some players that go out on loan and play so well just to prove to, you know, any other club or whatever that I want to be a mainstay. And then as soon as the contract gets wrapped up, they, they fall off. So I hope that doesn't happen with him. But, you know, if it gets to the point where he feels like it's going to fall over, if, if we invest like we're supposed to, then you'd rather have Kuzilevsky with another player in there giving him a little kick up the backside, saying, I know you had a good season last season, but I want to play in your position. So, you know, players that we've been linked around, sort of the Abalas and people like that, you know, if you bring the Abala in, Kuzilevsky wakes up in the morning and thinks, well, pff, we have to play better than last season, otherwise he's definitely taking my place. Yeah, Patrick, I mean, like I say, when you think how highly people rate Saka at the moment, and yet Kulu has come in and in 10 less games had a far bigger impact on a season than Saka's had, this guy... He doesn't look like the sort of player is Jacob's worried there that, you know, might switch off or something. He doesn't look like that. But what a find. Do you think we got, you know, do you think we realise how good a player we had on our hands when we brought him in? No, we didn't. And to be honest, I mean, yeah, I've heard, I heard, I had heard of him, but I didn't know much about him. I'm not going to sit here and gas just because he came to us that I knew much about him and, you know, I scouted him and watched him and this and that. I didn't. Um, and, you know, there was mixed, it was, there was mixed, um, almost like some people were saying that he was good and it's a great sign. And other people were saying that he was, even though he's young, he's washed up, he failed at Juventus. He's not this, he's not that. He's weak-minded ment- mentally and all this rubbish. But he's come in and he's been fantastic. 18 appearances, five goals, eight assists. That's mental. Those, like the goals and assists, the GA in the amount of games he's played, bearing in mind that it's a whole set of new players, new manager, new league, new language, and the guys just hit the ground running. And like Jacob said, he's so strong. Like yesterday, he was just shrugging off players. You can't get the ball off him. Tactically, he's a lot better than he looks. He's a bit dangly, so you don't really... He's very skillful, but he can kind of like you can kind of get lost with it because it's not a lot of step overs and silky moves. But he's direct. He goes at you, but he can you know he, he's skillful. He knows when the, the great thing about him is that even at this young age, his decision making is spot on. He knows when to release it. He knows when to shoot. He knows you know he, he he's already like one or two steps ahead of 
what's going on around him because he's not the quickest, but he reads the game well. And um, I think he's fantastic. Next year, he's only going to get better, but he legitimately gives us, you know, uh, another outlet up top. So you've got Son, Kane, and you've got Kulicheski. Like yesterday, he had two goals. Second goal was excellent. But all day long, he was creating problems and causing issues. And to be fair, if it wasn't him looking for Son, because he's a good guy and he was trying to help Son get the golden boot, he would have had a hat-trick. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, he's just a, he's a top player, man. And, and he's already said he loves Spurs. Mm-hmm. He's really comfortable here. I mean, the fact that we're back in the Champions League now... Uh, I can't see him switching off. He doesn't seem the player that... He didn't come with baggage. He just was a player that wanted to play more. So it's not like he's really out there trying to prove a point and he's been written off. He's just a young, hungry player and he's got the skill and he just wants to enjoy himself. Like When he plays, it looks like he's having fun. It's not forced. He's not overdoing it. He's just out there expressing himself. And, you know, I know we missed out on Diaz, but who cares? Like, honestly, who cares? I'm so happy with Kudicheski. I don't care what Diaz is doing. And if, well, we're say, on... if he keeps these numbers up, then yeah, the Diaz it. is powers yeah, into insignificance, doesn't it? That's it. Because, yeah, Diaz might look better on the ball. and But if we're being real, Kudicheski has had the much better season in the Premier League. You can't judge... Uh, Kulicheski for the cup competitions we're not in and the Champions League because we're not in there. In the Premier League, and I know Liverpool fans might not want to admit it, Kulicheski has been the better signing, easily. Yeah, by far. And and Ryan, you know, before he came in, obviously Lucas Moura had that spot, didn't he? And, and you know, fair play to Lucas because at the start of the season, you know, he was actually one of our better players, you know, the, one of the first names on the team sheet after the first few games. But after that first game at Man City, he never stood a chance of getting back in that side, did he? No, no, not a chance. Like I said, that's that's what a good squad does for you. When you've got two players in that one position who are fighting out for it week after week, Kulosevsky has made the most of it. And like I say, thankfully, now we've made Champions League, his loan is it's a mandatory buy now. We have to buy him regardless. That was the deal that we made with Juventus for, I think it was 35 million euros. So that's definitely done, same as Romero's done. And every, every signing, where I don't care what sort of player you are, every signing is a risky signing. They could flop in that league, they could flop in that team. But signings turn out to be rewards as well. And this guy's turned out to be a huge reward for us because, like I say... Lucas, yes, he played brilliant the first part of the season, and you can you will never take that away. Lucas Moore is a Tottenham legend, now, nah, especially for the Amsterdam role, he will never be forgotten at this club. But we need this, the squad needed freshening up, and that's exactly what Kulusevski did. And for him to sync up and be able to link up with Kane and Son as well as he has this quick, and understand the Premier League, like I say, he's built for the Premier League. He's not the quickest, but he's good on his... He's obviously left-footed, but he's good on his right. He keeps defenders guessing. They don't know if he's going to cut in or get to the byline. Some of the crosses he puts in are beautiful crosses as well, so Harry Kane could lap them up all day. And like Pat said, he's a team player. He could have quite easily scored for a try and get himself a hat-trick. sees Son in the middle, thinks, oh, my mate's chasing the golden boot here. I'll try and square it. Obviously, it turned out a bit wrong and he's still probably got a bit of a telling off off his manager. Even though we won 5-0, he still would have got a bit of a clap round the ear for it. But that's what you want. You get selfish players and you get team players. And he's just he's slotted in and he's made... He's just, like Pat said, he just looks happy playing football. He looks ecstatic. As soon as he gets that ball... Like I say, he's a kid. He is still 
a young lad, 22 years old, 21 or 22 years old, still got a lot of growing to do, still got some maturing to do. And if he's be, if he's able to put in performances like this that can knock Lucas Moura, who you probably would have said was our player of the season leading up to January, if he can, after one game, if he can kick him out of the team like that, and really, I think he's only been uh, benched twice since he started that Man City game. I think Lucas Moura's only yes. started two games in the league for us. That says a hell of a lot for a player at 22. So, like Jacob said as well, hopefully he can stay switched on, stay hungry, still enjoy his football at Tottenham because whether you want to admit it or not, there's always going to be ups and downs with Tottenham. Some weeks we're going to win 5-0. Next weeks we'll lose 1-0 after keeping all possession. You're not going to have a good game. So, fingers crossed he does that. And whether we keep Lucas Moore or not, let's hope we get somebody else in who's competition for him. Because he seems to thrive on a bit of competition for that right-hand spot. And I say on the Conte as well, he's going to grow. He's going to learn so much more about that position. He'll, 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 he'll learn more defensively, helping out whoever's at right wing back for his next season. He's still got like development bulking up as well. He can get stronger. He, he, he could learn about getting at the back post a bit more. But like I say, 22 years old... He's, he's still he, he could be anything he wants. Now let's just hope that we do enough to keep him as well. Because if he has another good season, you know bigger clubs will come in sniffing if we somehow drop out of the top four or do nothing that season. So again, fair play to Lucas Mora. A great first half of the season for us. Great to obviously have him as backup because he got an assist at the weekend as well. So he, we still can't complain that much about him. But unfortunately now, I think Lucas Moura's time as a starter at Tottenham's up, thanks to Kulisevsky. Yeah, now, now Patrick, obviously the next guy we'll talk about, I, want to, I obviously want to get this before you have to jump off and, and leave us tonight. But, you know, he got his just deserves at the weekend, didn't he? And, you know, whether or not you people might say, yeah, but he's sharing that golden boot with Salah. Listen, there is only one outright winner of that golden boot because when a guy scores 23 goals in a season and not one of those is a penalty, then you're talking something special, aren't you? You know, he he morally holds that golden boot on his own for me. Definitely. I mean, and the fact that Salah was clear, I don't even know what the difference, but Salah in January was like probably 10 or 8 goals clear with everyone else. And Salah had a dip and Son was just... Son's been consistent for the whole season, just steady chipping away. One goal here, two goals here, one goal here. So when people were calling him a purple patch merchant and he's only good in patches and, yeah, maybe the old Son, yes, two or three years ago. But last year, Son was very consistent and got 19 goals. This year, he's upped up the levels again and he's got 23. And I, I love the fact that if it wasn't Harry Kane, the Son, and next year, both will be going toe-to-toe for that golden boot. Yeah, Harry will want that back, won't exactly. he? He'll probably say, listen, that's on loan, that yeah. golden boot, pal. <laughs> and I, I love that. And that's mm-hmm. what the top players do. They they encourage each other and they spur each other on. And you know in training, they're bannering about it. And they're friends outside as well. They're really good friends off, off the pitch. And you know they'll be going back and forth saying, next year, that's mine. And he'll be like, no, no chance. I'm getting it again. So who knows? Maybe they share it next year. But that's good for the team. Because I remember back in January saying... For us to get Champions League, Harry Kane will need about 15 goals. And he bettered that. He got 17. You need the output. There's no way a top team doesn't have at least one player scoring 20. 
and then the others were chipping in with about 15, 16, 17, and you need one guy on about 10 or 11. If you want to be a serious contender, and I believe with Son, Kane and Kulicheski, you've got that. Hopefully we can add another two, you know, chipping in. Ben Tanker will need assists. In my opinion, we still need another creative, but I'm kind of digressing. But back to Son, fantastic, brilliant. There's no words that you can't use to describe this guy. Left foot, right foot, inside the box, outside the box. He's he's greedy to a degree, which all top players need to be. But he's also um, he's also not a selfish guy. He will look for Kane. He will look for uh, Kulicheski. He will look for someone in a better position. And he's a team player. Even when yesterday, when they were talking about the golden boot, he was talking about if it's not for my team, yeah, it's great, but it's all about Champions League. Next year, we need to push on. You can see that the guy's just a good guy, man. And how how can you not like him? And when I see all these ridiculous tweets saying that he's the most unlike player and all this nonsense, I'm like, you know when people are just trying to be so different to be edgy? There's no way. How can you not like Son? Like, for you to do that, you're just pushing a, a forced agenda or forced narrative. He's not a nasty mm. guy. He's not like a Robertson who's dirty off the ball. He's not somebody that's always kicking and punching and trying to, like, rile you up. He just plays as football. And he takes a lot of shit. He's always getting kicked and pulled back and all of that. And he just gets on with it. So, uh, I'm so happy that he got the golden boot, man. I think it was a fitting end to the season that he was the guy scoring two goals, helped us get across the line. He deserves it. And um, hopefully next year we see even better Son and Kane because we're going to need it, to be honest. Uh, and I don't see why not under Conte. Yeah, Jacob. I mean, you know, what more can you say about about the guy given the season that he's had there? You know, that that phenomenal numbers that he's racking up, and as you know, Patrick said there, it's not just one season. You know, the guy is now racking up serious goal tallies every season. Can he get better next season? You know, have we seen peaks on or or is the next season, like as Patrick said, if we stick better players around there, a more creative midfielder, Kudachevsky development for another year comes on, Harry Kane starts the season on fire like he's ended it. Is there more to come from Son next season, do you think? Yeah, I think they will. I think, you know, we all know that Son scored all these goals, but we know that in terms of his general play, he's played better. So that speaks volumes. Um and I think with Kane and Son, their numbers are due to go up because I feel in terms of attacking impetus, like they've had to, you find them always dropping dropping deep, coming wide, doing all this stuff, where realistically, if you've got a system set up properly, you should just have them three in and around the box, gobbling all the goals. So I think for Son, he can definitely get more. I think what he needs to do now he's got a golden boot, he's going to have a word with Harry and say, look, you know, let me take some free kicks. Because the way he takes corners and swings and crosses. I don't understand why he's not saying to Harry, I want a free kick because I generally think if if we had um, 20 set pieces central um, at, it, throughout this whole season and there was Son taking him, I reckon he'd bang five. Whereas between Eric Dyer and Harry Kane, I'll go upstairs and go and use the toilet when they put the ball down. because it's just I like, can't you know, believe gonna... even the football hasn't said to Harry Kane, listen, <laughs> step away, step away. <laughs> you know I mean? You know when you get a free kick and normally your, your natural reaction is like, come on, man. And then you look up and Harry Kane's like, yeah, boys, I got this. I'll, I'll, I'll go and get a beer then. I'll go and get a beer and see what, see what I can find to snack on in the kitchen because it's not going in. Do you know what I mean? So I think if if we... if Maybe not Son, maybe Conte needs to look at that. And, you know, if we don't get a set-piece specialist, um, at least say, you know, let's switch it up with the free kicks because there's a lot of teams out there that are getting goals from set-pieces. You know, imagine if the amount of um, set-pieces we probably had outside the box and you had Ward-Prowse. 
You know what I mean? Ward Prowse probably scored you three or four goals just from that, and there could be crucial goals. You look at Southampton, without Ward Prowse's free kicks and his set pieces, they might even have been in relegation scrap. And he's a central midfielder. So I think if if Son starts saying, look, you know, saying to Harry, look, I want the free kicks, you know, at some point, I, I doubt he'd take penalties off him, but he should be, you know, saying to Kane, when you're being rested, i got that. You know, he needs to be saying that I'm just as important as you. And I think that will happen. I think as they're careers develop you look at what Ronaldo's doing Ronaldo was that guy that doing the step overs and he was cutting inside and banging long shots but then as his career develops he was he was concentrating on getting in the box at the right time and getting a lot of tappings which I don't think Son really does get a lot of tappings you know if he started getting tappings along with Harry Kane it'd be ridiculous the numbers they'd get so I think that's what they need to focus on but the only way they do that is if we strengthen in midfield and have your your number 10s and your wingers and your Kuzilevskis just saying boys get in the box and We'll, we'll do the odd bit. You just get in there and finish it. Yeah, Ryan. I mean, you know, after the season he's had, you know, Jacob's hit on a good point there. Do, do you think this gives Son a little bit more status to maybe say uh, free kicks and stuff like that to Harry? Well, look, listen, you know, you used to be the main man who would call everything, you know, anything we got, you were the main man that was going to step up and, and take it. Obviously, no one's taking penalties away from Kane because the guy is the best penalty taker in world football. But do you think this gives Son that status now to step up next season and that things like free kicks say, listen, I'm I'm the guy now who can step forward for us. You know, you're not just the one player that we're going to look to and rely on. You see, I think he's had that status anyway. I just don't think he's that kind of guy. I don't think he's the type of man to just walk up to Kane and say, no, I've got this, which we wish he was because, like you've said, Kane, is for as good a player and finisher he is, is his free kicks of... My five-year-old daughter takes better free kicks than Harry Kane on the back garden. His free kicks... (laughs) Honestly, I've never seen... I'm I'm the same as Jacob. Once he steps for a free kick, I think, right, I'll take my toilet break now or, or let me go get another beer from the fridge. I don't stay and watch his free kicks, but he's... What I loved about it, Carl, as well, was the celebration for his second goal. The play, oh, the players yeah. looked like we just—they celebrated like we'd won the league because they knew how important it was to him. And like Jacobs just said, every corner or every free kick that Son can whip in, he takes them. But that's how important it was to him. He let Lucas Moura take that free kick for the second goal he scored, which came out to him on the obviously he took it out of the box and put it in top bin. So it's. To, to see him that happy, to see the squad lifting him up, Lucas Moura jumping on the back of Stewards again and Emerson Royal joining him. They celebrated that like we just won a trophy because it's he it, it just he just seems like the most loved guy we've had at this club for so long. Everyone loves him. Everyone gets on with him. Uh, Conte obviously adores him. The hugs he gets whenever he subs him off, whether Son's happy or not. They, they're just hugs that you think, oh, I... How could anyone, like Pat said, how could anyone dislike Son? He's not, he's so not whether you dislike. He's, so he's weird. So he is. Weird. And obviously, I think we did a show, what What would you say? I think about a month ago about people still arguing whether he's world class or not. How, yeah. that, that, that argument's got to be done now. He's just got golden boot with Salah, which he's outscored the best striker in the world in Harry Kane. He's outscored arguably the greatest ever finisher in football history in Cristiano Ronaldo. He's got double what Chelsea's £100 million striker got, who was supposed to challenge the league with them. He's outscored 
Sadio Mane, Jota, everyone like that. The guy is world class, and like you say, it's he should have the confidence now. He should go up to Kane in free kicks. So you know what? Look, you've tried your hand. Let me have a go now. Give someone else a go. You get in the box. If anything falls out, obviously you're there to snap it up. But mm-hmm. he's just—I'm lost for words for him now. I am. I'm just lost for words. He's an absolute genius of a footballer, and thankfully he's at Tottenham for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's perfect. And that probably gives us a perfect end to tonight's episode because obviously the season is done. We're going to come back, though, and obviously the guys hopefully will all come back where we're going to do a season roundup. Um, You know, we'll look at the best and worst moments of that season. So we don't want to go too early and ruin it. You know, we've given you some review of that Norwich game and a review of some of those performances and how big it is. So we'll come back next week and we'll do a full season review and look at the highs and lows. So it just leaves us to wrap tonight's episode up. And that's me just to say thanks to the guys who've been brilliant all season long. They've stuck with us every Monday they're in, no matter what the result or the performance. So, Jacob, massive thanks. And hopefully you'll be joining us through the summer and again next season. Yeah, definitely, man. Like like I said to you, all, I like working with you guys. I like talking about Tottenham. You know, I'll concentrate a lot more, not only just working more with you guys, but doing my own stuff and getting you stuff, you know, getting you guys on my shows and stuff like that. So that's, you know, while, while we've got a transfer window pending, I've got a little window of my own as well to work on. So <laughs> all the best. <laughs> top stuff, top stuff, Jacob. And it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. And Ryan, hopefully again in the summer, you'll be doing stuff with us. And next season, you'll be back again. Oh, yeah, 100%. This is the... Uh place to be on a Monday without a doubt. Like we say, Champions League next season. So well done to Tottenham, the players and especially the fans as well who have stuck with this club all season through the bad and the good. So well done to everybody and definitely be back next season. Top stuff, top stuff. And Patrick, again, another great season for us. We're building, everything's going in the right direction. Champions League, you get to go and gloat now and, and stick it to the Arsenal fans. And hopefully you'll be back during the summer and next season as well. Yeah, definitely. I love it. Love the show. I'm so happy that, you know, we're progressing with the show. We'll be able to talk about Champions League football here next year. We all put our necks on the line, said we'll get top four. We've done that. It feels good. Uh, the show's growing. We're growing together as a team. So, nah, just I'm happy, man. It's beautiful. Everything's going the right way. And, um, yeah, come on, you Spurs, man. That's all I can say. And uh, I just like to say, like I said, just Spurs fans, just be a bit more optimistic and believe in the team. I believe that we're onto a good thing. I'm not saying get carried away and say we're going to win the league, but you should believe that this team can do something now. Yeah, definitely. I definitely back that. You know, I think the future is looking bright. And if we can just get this summer window right, then you never know what could happen and where we go next season. So that is it. We leave you on a high. Champions League football is back at the lane. The only place in North London where you'll see Champions League football is at White Hart Lane. (laughs) Unfortunately, Thursday nights are where it's at if you're a gooner. And let's face it, no one wants to be there on a Thursday night. So we'll see you again next week and we'll see you through the summer. As always, come on you Spurs. For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.